Welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Adventures of a Blonde Geisha, coming to you live from my very small closet in my bedroom. My name is Lisa Wilkerson, and I'm so excited to have for the first time a guest on my show. This is going to be my first interview. I'd like to welcome you to the creator of Love Japan for Life, and I have been a customer, and I love the stuff that he makes, Mr. Alec Chan. Thank you for joining me, Alec. Yes, thank you, Aliso. It's a, it's an honor to actually be here. This is really awesome. I'm really thankful you invited me onto this podcast. This is this awesome. Thank you. And you're my first guest. Yay! Yes, even more awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I like your shirt. This is one of the many awesome shirts that you have on your website, Hopelessly Romantic. It's so cute and so funny. Of course, as you can see, I'm representing one of your sweatshirts as well, my favorites. Yes. Um, before we get into talking, though, about your website, I'd kind of like to talk to you about you, about your journey. And first of all, tell us um, a little bit about yourself where you grew up and, you know, I mean, like, whatever. Just give us some insight into Alec Chan. All right. Well, this is a very interesting thing because one of the things that really resonated with me, I listened to your first podcast, and mm-hmm. you mentioned something about third culture kids, right? And, yes. and for me, it's very interesting because when I, I grew up, I was uh, actually born in a small town. My My parents were actually... Uh, immigrated uh, from Hong Kong to Canada in the late 70s. And I was uh, born in a small town in Canada uh, called Windsor. So I'm not sure if you know Windsor, audience here know Windsor. So if you look in the on the map and you know yes. where Detroit, Detroit City, uh, across from Detroit City is Windsor, Ontario. And that's the border town in Canada across from Detroit. And that's where I was born. It's a hardworking, blue-collared town. And uh, and that's that's a thing. And and for me, it's it's interesting place because, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, I was Canadian. You know, I did all the Canadian things, you know, play hockey, you know, go out and and eat maple syrup or whatever, right? (laughs) And 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 the thing was, it over time, especially when I I started, you know, going through school, I kind of I kind of didn't know who I was because at Mm. home. I would always speak Chinese, like Cantonese, to mm. my grandparents, especially my mm-hmm. grandma, because she couldn't understand English. So that's how I learned my 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 Chinese. And at school, you know, I'll speak English. But when I was uh, at school, a lot of kids, even the teachers, they're kind of like, you know, Alec, you know, your your English is kind of strange, has like a weird accent, and and it, it was hard because I was like, what, you know, this is what I grew up with, you know, I thought I was speaking fluent. And then when I go uh, to to Chinese school, uh, all the all the Chinese teachers, all the all the k- kids in the school there, they're like, Alec, you know, your your Chinese kind of sounds strange. You know, ah. How come you you're not speaking good Chinese? And that was kind of yeah. like an identity crisis I had for a while because I was mm-hmm. like, if if I don't speak Chinese and I don't fit, fit well with the you know Chinese Canadian kids, and I don't well with you know the rest of the english speaking kids you know who am i you know why why am i here type of thing right and that that's kind of resonating you know this third culture kids it's kind of like you kind of have 
you know, two perspectives. And yes. over time, you know, I've overcame this because I realized, you know, actually I have a, I have a very special gift, actually, because yes. I'm actually living the best of both worlds. Right. And, and, yeah. and whatever accent I have, you know, that's actually my unique <laughs> Alec accent. Right. And, and I think that's, that's a very important lesson, you know, like whatever identity you form, you know, you, you, you have to be proud of that. You gotta, you know, hang on to that and, 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 and just, just go with it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and over time I realized, you know, that that's a strength and, and that's where I, that's where my roots came. And, and I think that, that actually helped me propel myself you know, mm-hmm. through, the, through the later years. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing too, is that, you know, some people have asked me, they're like, it's almost, they think it's easy to figure out this third culture kid thing. And it really isn't right. Like I'm sure you've had, and I think I've touched on this on my podcast about how I would go back and forth, even in my teens and early twenties, where I'd be like, nope, I'm identifying with one culture. Nope, I've gone over to the other culture. You know, and you keep doing this until finally, it's almost like a game of ping pong or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, finally, yeah. It's like, I'm so done being hit on both sides. I'm just going to come up with my own thing and then make it work within all these, you know, all these cultures or whatever. But, exactly, exactly. Um, where, like, when was it that you finally felt, okay, I'm comfortable with this and this is who I am. And now I can play with these two cultures that are very different. And I can, I mean, it's just so much fun when you get to that point, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, so exactly. When did you get to that point? Uh, that's a, that's interesting for me. I would I would say it'll be 2003. So 2003 was uh, when I was still in university. I was a third year undergrad uh, engineering student. <laughs> yes, I was an engineer, right? And uh, at that time, it was interesting because from that point, you know, all the way to 2003, I was probably like 20, 22ish, 21, 22ish mm-hmm. in, in university. And throughout that time, I haven't actually left North America yet. For 20, 21, 22 years of my life, I, I, just, I never left. And, you know, the furthest I've been was probably, you know, Florida or something. Uh, yeah. But that, but that year changed me because that year, I remember, I remember very clearly, like a professor came in and he started talking about, hey, students, we have an opportunity here, which is uh, an exchange program where you can exchange with any university in the world. And, and, and I was listening. I was like, okay, keep talking. It's interesting. And the professor said, like, uh, here's a benefit of this. It's basically when you get there, all you have to do is just pass. And whatever grade you get in the transcript, it doesn't translate back. So in your report wow. card or whatever, all it says is credit. And then whatever fees you're paying today, your tuition fees, it's going to be the same. And I'm like, what? That's, that's, the that's amazing. That's amazing. So I signed up. Yes. I signed up. And, and, and I, I chose many places, uh, but one of the places I went, actually, I ended up going, I got accepted to go, was to Singapore. And, oh. and it, was a, it was an amazing time. And, and that year, I remember, well, all my, you know, friends that were still in a home in Canada studying hard, I was out traveling. I was traveling everywhere, like Southeast Asia, mm. you name it. And, and that was when I started to really form this identity because... When you're abroad, you kind of have a 
different perspective. And I think that's that's something I think is very important. It's actually traveling is actually a, a skill, right? When you go there, you're, yeah. you're, you're developing this intangible skill of looking at the world differently. Yeah, and when you absolutely. when you meet like with so many people from all over the place, because Singapore is actually a very cosmopolitan city, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you meet so many people. You know, I meet people from Japan, I meet people from you know Europe, everywhere, and and you started to form this identity. It's like, wow, you know, this is this is interesting, right? And, you know, I can share so many things about myself because of this different perspective I had, right? And and that's that's kind of if I can pinpoint it, it's. 2003 when I, when that's I amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I think that's probably the best gift you could have given yourself, you know, because I, I agree with you. Travel just opens things up, you know, and I know that um, possibly there are people who are very comfortable in their little, you know, in their little world, wherever it may be. Right. Um, and that's great. And that's fine. And that's wonderful. But I do think that when you travel, not only does it open things up, but sometimes in a way it gives you a lot more uncertainty as well, because especially if you have grown up with biases or whatever, right, about different cultures, different countries, and all of a sudden you're interacting with these people that you had these biases about, then you're like, oh my gosh, that's kind of not true necessarily. They're a lot like me. Um, and you know, i I love that aspect about travel, you know, like being oh, yeah. able to meet different people and, um, interact and just realize that, I mean, at the end of the day, like we're all in the, all this world, we're really not that different in a lot of ways. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah. one of the funniest things was when, when I was in the exchange program, you know, I met this, uh, one person, he was like, almost like me, but he, mm-hmm. he was, you know, born and raised in Sweden. He has mm-hmm. a Chinese heritage. But, uh, but you know, this guy was like Mr. International because he spoke like nine languages fluent. Wow. He spoke like all the different European languages. He spoke Swedish, spoke English. He spoke Spanish, German, right? And then, and then he also spoke all these Asian languages like Japanese, Chinese, even, even Hindi. He knew a little bit of Hindi. Wow. And, and when, and when I met this guy, I was like, wow, this, this is unique. And then when I started talking to him, he, same story. He was like, you know, when I grew up, didn't know, you know, where I was, what my identity. And then, and then as he started to, you know, learn these languages, it became his passion. Um, you know, he said, you know, this is, this is a gift. You know, you were kind of living the best of everything. And, and we're, we're able, and because of this, you're able to kind of, like you said, you know, see things from a different lens. And, and when you can see things from a different lens, it, it's like you see the similarities, you see the differences, but at the same time, I, I think one of the big things for me is, you know, you're able to adapt because you have this kind of oh, open-mindedness, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So then um, going to, okay, so then you were in Singapore and then you came back to Canada, right? Because yes. you came back to finish school. Yes. So another thing that I'm very curious about is how was it for you? Because you went through a huge change. Like you were traveling, you were living in a different country. So obviously kind of a different Alec comes back to Canada, I'm assuming. Yeah. What was it like for you to come back? Was it easy to adapt or 
you know, was it really hard at first? Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I would I would say that the first thing when I came back, it was uh, totally different in terms of the pace, right? I was I was kind of mm-hmm. like it's almost like a reverse culture shock mm-hmm. because, yeah. because you know when you when you're out for so long and and you know you travel so many different places. And then, and I came back. I was like, man, you know, everything kind of looks the same. Like it didn't look like anything changed. Whereas you, yeah. you go when you start traveling, you start seeing like all these things, all these cities, all these different places. You know, and and you can see how different places you know progress and they're moving really fast, right? And, and then you come back and, and then you you know you talk to your your friends, you know, your family, and they're kind of like same status quo. So it kind of took me a while because mm. you, know, you, you know I had to kind of fit back into that mold per se you know this kind of fixed concept like when you're back everyone has this fixed idea of who Alec is right right but but deep down inside you know I'm, I'm no longer the same person yeah but when you talk to them they're still kind of thinking like hey yeah like yeah you know you're still the same you know things like that so that that to me was hardest to break out of that mm, yeah because because sometimes you know people still have this you know thing that they they'll still think about you that they still conceive about you uh and then you kind of have to find a way to break out of that right and yeah and, 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 yeah and so that people realize oh okay i'm talking to a different person right and i think that, yeah, that, was, I mean, the because, hardest. that was the hardest yeah because i think sometimes people almost get offended you know like when like they're like no 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 this is who you are stay in your box right here right here and you're yeah, like no i've moved on but i'm still you know that part of me is still here but i'm 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 much different now yeah yeah i can imagine that would be really hard so then relationships were kind of a hard thing i would imagine to kind oh, yeah. of it was to- recenter right get yeah. back into with the Alec that had gone traveling and everything. So you yeah. were kind of a different person. So you come back and, you yeah. know, having to work that out. How long did that take for you to basically oh, feel like you're, okay, I am now finally at a point where I'm comfortable. Yeah. So, so that year it was tough because when I came back, part of me too was because I had such a fun year traveling. Right. And then oh, I go, totally. I go back. Bet. Yes. I go back and, you know, it's fourth year of university and I'm, I'm like, oh man, now I got to finish my degree. And now, you know, I got to go back to, you know, real life. Right. Yeah. And, and it took a lot of adjusting because, you know, first, first two months, I would say it was almost like a hangover because <laughs> like, part of me, I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to study. I don't want to, you know, do this thing anymore. Right. right. And it, 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 so it took me like two months to get out of the hangover. And then three months, I was kind of back in the groove. And then probably, you know, fourth, fifth month, you know, I was kind of okay, back, mm. back to, you know, back to the grind, right? So, so for me at that time when I first came back, probably five years, uh, probably not five, five months, mm-hmm. five months to to adjust, just back, yeah. Wow. So then, okay, so now let's talk about. I'm very curious as to, you have a website called yes. Love Japan for Life. So obviously, you have a connection, a relationship to Japan. Um, when did that first start? Like how'd that begin? Was that when you were in Singapore and you went to visit or did you go live there for a little bit? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, so, uh, it's interesting, very interesting you brought this point because, uh, after I, I went back to university, I finished my degree mm-hmm. and, and when I finished my degree, I had a choice basically. Basic choice was, okay, get a job here locally in Canada or, 
you know, go somewhere else. And, and I chose somewhere else because like I said, you know, I had a, that, that 2003 exchange program really stuck with me and I really mm-hmm. wanted to go back, go back. Right. And, and I figured, you know, I'm still, I was still young and, and I had, I have nothing to lose and, and yeah. I might as well give this a shot. So I chose, let's go back to Singapore and you know give myself a, a month to see if I, I can find work and if not you know I'll just come back uh, so i i basically bought a one-way ticket to singapore wow, cashed, that's a big deal yeah and i, I cashed out whatever life savings i had in my bank account which was only like 500 bucks <laughs> right and uh and, and i went i went to singapore and i i just applied jobs like just crazy like i think i put in like hundred resumes. Wow. And and mm-hmm. on the thirtieth day, you know, uh only on the thirtieth day I finally got like an interview. Like I got like three interviews out of the hundred. Wow. And, and I got the final interview was on the final day and it was for for a company. It was actually for Hewlett Packard. I, I would use I worked for Hewlett Packard and 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 the guy actually wanted to hire me. I had no clue I, I had no idea why he would want to hire me as some computer <laughs> engineer but he hired me and and i and i was so thankful for that day like ever, and then ever since i got hired i was uh, working for hewlett packard for a good 12 years as an engineer and and that was actually my journey to actually starting to explore more about asia because mm-hmm. as i started working company i started to become like a project manager you know working with the different manufacturing sites and stuff and and a lot of the projects, you know, I have to fly there and, mm. and work with them. And, and one of the places they sent me uh, to was to Japan. And I, I, I worked in uh, Japan for a few times. And uh, the final time I worked was uh, about in 2017. I had a big project. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a big project uh, that lasted for about a month. So I was there for a month, right? And... And I can remember that time very clearly because it was the uh, cherry blossom scene, which is, I think, right now. Right now is also cherry yes. blossom. Yes. So oh, I miss cherry blossoms. It, yeah. it was so, so amazing. And yeah. it was the simplest thing because that night, the uh, one of my coworkers was like, hey, Alec, you know, let's let's go out, uh, have, some, have a great time. Let's go for a hanami. I was like, what, what's, a, what's a hanami, right? And I said, I had no idea what's a hanami. He's like, he's like, don't worry, you'll like it. And then... And I remember it's like we went and then we went to a convenience store. We went to Family uh, Family Mart, mm-hmm. right? And um, and then we went to grab all the stuff. We got our beers. We got all these like bento boxes. And and then he's like, follow me. And then we went to a park. And it wasn't any special park. It was just some school playground just nearby the, the factory there. And there were all these like cherry blossoms everywhere. It was, it was really beautiful. Even though it was just a yes. local suburban school park yeah. but there's cherry blossoms everywhere and we're just on top of some slide some playground slide thing and we <laughs> took over and we started having our beers and, and, and having our, our food and stuff and and the simplest thing like that and i started looking at cherry blossoms like man this is this is quite nice you know this is you know what more can you ask you know you have good friends have some good, good food good beers you, know, you got the yeah. cherry blossoms, and that's, that's, I know. and that's when I, I started developing this uh, this love for Japan. I was like, man, this is a really beautiful place, and mm. and that 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 experience, you know, kind of stuck with me. And so so when I I 
finally came back after in uh, 2017, a finished project. I, I returned back to Canada. Right? Now I'm back mm-hmm. in Canada. You know, I've been there, been back in Canada for the last four years. You know, that this idea of, you know, Japan stuck with me. And, and that's when I, I started to create this Love Japan for Life. Ah. Because what I realized was when I started talking to a lot of people here in North America, you know, a, a lot of people uh, have a similar story. Yes. I call it like the Japan love bug story, right? Where <laughs> they, they went to Japan, something happened there. Maybe they met someone or they they went through some experience. They traveled, saw some scenery. And that experience kind of rubbed off and it stuck with yes. them. And, yeah. and they got this kind of lovesick feeling because when they came back, they've been dying for that chance to go back to Japan, right? And, yeah. and I was like, what? You have, you know, you're talking to, I remember I was talking to this one, uh, one, one lady and, and she was sharing the same story. She was like a student at university. She came back and, she, and she's like, had this kind of weird feeling. I said, yes, that's, that's me. You know, like this kind of lovesick feeling that, that never goes away. So I, I thought, you know, let's create something like Love Japan for Life. That's mm-hmm. why I called it Love Japan for Life because, you know, I realized there's a lot of people in North America, Europe, wherever, uh, outside of Japan that didn't really have this chance to return back to Japan or even visit for the first time, but mm-hmm. at least give them some kind of experience, like a mm-hmm. way to experience some part of Japan, right? So that's why yeah. in my store, every design, everything on on all of my designs have a story to tell, right? Like mm-hmm. They have a story to tell about a unique situation I had, uh, you know, in Japan and, and why those situations kind of made me fall in love. So that's kind of in gist of it, you know, how I created, you know, this this Love Japan for Life. That's, that's the whole inspiration. I love it. And I love also, like, there was one thing that I picked up on, you know, what you just said, you said you, your story, like you love story, kind of storytelling, I think, Um, because I love all the, the email, you know, like that you send to people who have subscribed to your website, or, you know, have bought stuff, like, I love all the stories, like your, you know, where your latest ones was about the Sakura, or you'll, you'll send like a, YouTube link about, oh, look at this guy. He makes the most amazing ramen and you'll kind of go into the spiel. And I love that because it takes once more, it kind of takes you back to Japan, you know, just for that one instant. And I think that that's really great. I think that that I'm sure that your um, that customers and subscribers must really enjoy that, you know, that extra little effort that you make, you know. Yeah, and, and that kind of what drives me to it because it's not only, yeah. you know, hoping that the customers love it, but also hearing the stories from my customers. Like yes. there, was, there was one lady uh, that was like a really, you know, good, uh, you know, was a customer. And then, and then she actually became a good friend of mine now because mm. you know, she started emailing me back and forth and I started replying back. And, and it was interesting to hear her story because she said that she loves the stories of everything I'm doing because it reminds her of how she grew up. So she, she's actually from the U.S., uh, but she spent a lot of her time growing up in Japan in the 60s. So she was sharing you know, her stories about how Japan was like in the 60s. And I was like... I was blown away because the, the the way she was explaining things and you know telling her story, I was like, man, this is like a totally different world of Japan. Yeah, uh, and things that I never knew because I wasn't even born then, and it was just amazing <laughs> to to kind of I'm hear sure her she story. I'm sure felt great right? about that. I wasn't even born then. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but, but it was just, you know, it's just amazing. You know, like stories like that, you know, go yeah. a long way. And, 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 you know, you can uh, hear other people's story as well. You know, that's how I met you as well. Exactly. You know, hearing, you know, hearing your story, you know, your story you know, yes. was amazing, right? And yeah, when I learned that was... you're the, the voice actress exactly. of Hackett, I was like, yes. what? It was <laughs> so, so funny because when I saw that email about like, you're like, arcades, are they gone forever? And I'm like, no. I'm like, Alec, I was in arcades. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Yeah. 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 So, so this is this is the, the thing that, the, you know, inspires me to, to keep going because it's, it's also the people you meet, like the stories yeah. they here it just helps me feel more ideas you know kind of bring like like my my ultimate goal for love japan for life is actually you know it's not just selling apparel and stuff it's actually to build this like big community mm. where you know everyone can share stories right and yeah, because, because the, the end of it is is not just sharing this love for you know this love for japan but it's also to help you know other people like you know there's a lot of people out there who haven't really traveled yet mm-hmm. right they haven't had the opportunity to travel uh, but the thinking about it, and 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 oftentimes, you know, when you travel for the first time, you know, it reminds me like that time I in two thousand three, right? My first time traveling. There's a lot yeah. of nerves. You're feeling kind of nervous about things, a lot of uncertainties, and and if I can create a community like that to kind of help bridge mm-hmm. that gap and help people feel motivated and, and not feel scared, yeah. You know, then then you know that would be like an awesome thing to do, right? Like it's just helping so many people out there. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what would be, so speaking of traveling and first people traveling. So I have another question for you. What would be the one piece of advice you could give to someone if they are thinking about going to Japan? Like what would be something that when you went to Japan, or I guess it could really even be even Singapore, but when you were first getting ready to travel overseas and experience this incredible thing, what would be the one piece of advice you wish that you would have gotten from someone that you would like to give someone? Yeah, I, I, I think the number one thing for me would be to, when you go to the place for the first time, to have yeah. an open-mindedness and also to be able to just take your time. Because, mm. because I think for me, like I remember the first time I went, I was so eager to just go everywhere. Mm-hmm. But so if you're, you know, and then you have this like itinerary of everything, like I got to hit this place at this time, you know, mm-hmm. and, but I think the problem with that is you kind of lose the little things, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because when you can take your time and you're open-minded, you can kind of see, you know, how the locals react, how, you know, life is, and then you can take in those little things and appreciate yeah. it more. Right. And, and I, I think that's the number one tip I would give is, you know, just have that open mind, just take it easy, don't rush, and just soak it in, right? You know, whatever mm-hmm. the bad, whatever the good, just soak it in, because it's all, you know, an amazing experience, right? Because you're going to learn so yeah. much, you're going to experience so much. And and if you rush through it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna experience because because I, re- I remember, like, you know, I rushed through a bit. And I remember another friend of mine, uh, through the exchange program, one of the biggest thing he told me at the end was, um, you know, he said, Alec, yeah, you know, I wish, you know, I, I kind of slowed down a bit because mm. I kind of just went full blast, but I didn't really, I kind of only knew the place at a surface level, mm. but I didn't mm-hmm. get to really experience the deeper levels, right? Like the things yeah. underneath it. Yeah, those and subtleties, right? The subtlety, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like an example was, you know, subtlety is like exactly that story I shared, you know, in Japan, I had the Hanami with my coworkers, you know, at a simple playground, 
having a few beers, right? Yeah. And, and, and you're looking at the cherry blossoms. And, and, and it sounds so simple, right? It, it sounds so stupidly simple. But it, 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 that, was, that was the world to me at that moment. Right? Priceless. It was priceless because you, you see so many things. You experience so many things because you learn to just slow down. Just slow down mm. and stick it in, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that to me would be my my number one. That's good advice. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're getting we're going to be wrapping it up now. But what do you see in store for Love Japan for Life? Anything that you want to talk about, or also this is where social media, if you would like to, you know, let people know um, anything, um, feel free to go at it. Yes. So, so if you want to follow me, you can just uh, search on Facebook, Love Japan for Life, and you'll find my page. It's the you'll see the little logo of the money cats, and then you'll you know so just follow there, and then you'll also find everything you need, all our posts, every updates there. Uh, also, you can just go to lovejapanforlife.com, and you can find also that's on my store, that's my website. You can also find all all the blog articles, and you can even subscribe to my e, e- newsletter there. Uh, one last thing too is if you you know like this shirt as well, right? We have this hopeless romantic, you know, all this gear. Uh, I I do have a special site that I create just for this shirt, uh, just for the first time customers. It's something new, something new I just created, and and this is somewhere where, where people just go and get this at, at a good deal, so that you know you can spread the word about it, right? And and you just go to lovejapanforlifego.com/ramen. And that's where you can get it. So it's lovejapanforlifego.com slash ramen. And then you can uh, get this shirt for yourself and then and share with everyone, right? So that's, that's where you can find me. And, and you Yay! can uh, get your favorite you know, kawaii gear. Kawaii. It's <laughs> kawaii. So kawaii. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Alex, so much for joining me on my podcast. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate uh, what you've done, you know, with Love Japan for Life. Um, me and a few of my other high school classmates, we all have the same sweatshirts that we bought from your oh, sweet. website. So it's so much fun. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for taking your time to join me uh, for my podcast, Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. No, thank you a lot. This It was a lot of fun. And, and I appreciate you know coming here and interview me. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And everyone uh, that's listening to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha, thank you so much for joining, for all your support, all your great feedback. I really appreciate it. This is Liesl signing off with Alex. Until we see each other again, live for lots and love and peace. Janet, bye. And let me, oops. Okay. (laughs) 